Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Holy Fire Ministries podcast. This is going to be our very first episode of God Stories with my mother-in-law, Tony Rose. Tony has been in ministry for many, many years in a variety of capacities. She started ministry in 1987, shortly after she got married to her husband, Warren. They were youth pastors and on the board of Ithaca Wesleyan Church in Michigan. In 1989, she started attending Amazing Grace Church over in Wheeler, Michigan. She's been doing a lot of things at Amazing Grace. She was on the worship team in various leadership roles. She worked in kids ministry. And one thing that she did for a long time as well was Teens for Christ ministry, which is a traveling uh, Methodist ministry that goes all over Michigan, does different concerts and acting and all different kinds of things for high school kids. Um, in the Free Methodist Conference. She did that for 13 years and had a great role and impacted many, many children over the course of those years as well. This one also has a special place in my heart because of the role that she has in my life. She's not just the best mother-in-law ever. She is a mentor and an inspiration to me as well too. So hope you guys all enjoy this episode and I believe that you're going to hear some great stuff and some great information as we get going. First of all, how are you doing? Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. Wonderful. So, with all the stuff that we just said, you've had a very active life in ministry, raised several wonderful children. I am married to your oldest child. For those of them, those uh, those of you guys that are listening that do not know, my wife Mikelyn is Tony's oldest daughter. Um, yeah, it's wonderful to have you in the family. <laughs> Uh, first question I think that we wanted to start off with, too, is we heard a little bit about starting in ministry shortly after you got married, too. What was your introduction to God like? Um, I think that's one important place to start. Um, what was it like? Because the home that you were raised in has changed a lot the older that you've gotten as well, too. So um, what was your introduction to God like? Well, um, my parents got married really young and were not, they were not, um, serving the Lord until I was 13. Um, but prior to that, my grandparents, my father's parents and my mother's parents, both attended church and were serving God and would take me to church activities and would, would take me to Sunday school on you know, Sunday morning. And um, Wednesday night, I would go to a program called CYC. Um, it was through the Free Methodist Church. And um, when I was eight or nine, I'm not sure which, but when I was eight or nine, we were having like revival meetings at our church. And, um, there was a call for, to be born again. And I went forward and accepted Jesus as my savior. Um, and it was an emotional experience, but it was also a, uh, my heart felt different. Um, I had always been aware that God was there. Um, from a little child because my grandparents were Christians. So, um, but it changed me and, um, that was the beginning of my walk with Christ. Okay. Um, would you say that's when you, when you met God on a personal level, or would you say that that kind of scenario happened, um, like later on for you as well too? Because I know a lot of people's stories is they had that initial encounter at church or, whether that like was with someone that they know. Um, but then like you hear God's voice for the first time or you really become aware of him as 
you know, an actual person that wants a relationship with you too. So was that something you kind of experienced at that point or did that kind of come later on? Well, I would say that, um, as I, after I got saved, um, I would say that I had several times where I encountered God's presence, um, as a child, um, my home was kind of difficult at times and I knew God was there. I knew that he was taking care of me. Um, my grandmother was really good about always telling us that, that God was there. Um, I, I guess I grew up knew, knowing that God was there and I, and I did experience his presence often knowing that he was there with me. Like I never felt alone. Um, and I know that that was God. Um, as far as like when I began to see my life as um, living for God, um, that happened. So like I said, my parents got born again when I was 13 and, um, I actually joined teens for Christ that year they had come to our church and my, I had went to church with my grandma and I had seen this concert of the, all these teenagers singing and I love to sing. And so I thought that would be an awesome opportunity for me. And my parents said yes. And so I joined this group and it was that first year of TFCs where um, my dad got born again and my mom had gotten born again the previous year. Um, and after that, I just knew um, that I wanted to serve God for, like, for the rest of my life. Like, um, when my relationship with God became more than just I knew I wanted to serve God and it became an interactive relationship with God, um, I, was, I was a freshman in college um, when, and I was volunteering at a summer camp and I had an experience with a student who we were sharing testimonies and you know whatnot and she shared a dream um, that she had had that God had given her about one of her friends um, going to hell and how God had spoken to her about that and when she shared that testimony it really did something on the inside of me um, I knew that I wanted my life to be committed on a bigger level of more of a level, you know, more commitment than what it was and that my life would be lived for him, not me living my life for myself and including God, but living my life for him. And it changed my perspective. It changed my approach. It changed the direction that I was going at that point in my life. Um, and that, that answers that question. <laughs> no, that's really good. And I think that, um, yeah, it's it's important to have that kind of uh, that kind of interaction with God or that kind of scenario where you come to a realization of you know what's actually real and what's what actually matters too. Because a lot of what you said is um, 
you got to that point in your life where you're kind of figuring out and coming into who you are and kind of like learning stuff about yourself. Did you have um, like aspirations to go into like a specific field of like study or something like that? Or was ministry kind of just always at the forefront of your mind after you, you know, had your encounter with God and realized, you know, Jesus is real. God loves me. Like, was there any kind of like pull to, well, I want to go to like a normal job and a normal kind of work thing? Or was it always just ministry for you? Well, initially when I went to college, I was studying to be a teacher. Um, I didn't end up finishing college at that point. I have now, but I hadn't at that point. Um, I really wanted to be a missionary. Um, Yep. I had went to a couple um, mission trips during high school to South Dakota, and I really wanted to be a missionary. Um, I've always had some, you know, special places in my heart that I pray about and the people of that place that God's put in my heart. And um, so I kind of felt called to missions. And then, you know, I got married and started having children and um, my husband had a career and um, which was a blessing from God. And so it didn't kind of play out that way. Um, But. I really came to this place where I began to understand that ministry is not something I do. Ministry is, it's who I am. And I don't mean, you know what I mean? Like Christianity is not something that I do. It's who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm, I'm his. I belong to him. Everything I do, whether it is some, you know, on a mission field someplace or it's in my backyard or wherever it is, um, it's it's who I am. And so that was a real shift for me. It's not a matter of like pursuing something, right? It's it's pursuing him. Um, makes sense. No, I. I... <laughs> I think that definitely makes sense. And that's kind of the kind of the direction that I was, I'm glad that we went there too on that one too, because I know especially, um, and I think it kind of plays in for both roles too, but I know especially as like a guy or like in a man's role too, there's that can be that pull sometimes too. And especially like if you're doing full-time ministry or something like that as well of, you know, what if I had a career or something like that too. But I think it's important to keep in perspective, no matter what you're doing, you still live your life as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, and your ministry is whatever you your hand finds to do at the time. So whether that's like me working in restaurants or stuff too, I had a lot of opportunities to find people that weren't necessarily looking for Jesus, but to kind of, you know, be the interruption in their life of what they didn't know that they needed. So that's really awesome. Um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about this evening, especially, um, is the relationship with God as far as like hearing his voice and um, because that's super important. Communication is really, really a huge deal in a relationship, no matter, no matter what it is, if it's our relationship with God or our relationship with our spouse or relatives. Um, so along those lines, uh, what, what was one of the first times that you heard God's voice that you, um, whatever you want to describe it as or say it as, um, there's a lot of different ways people talk about hearing God's voice, whether that's, you know, something as extreme as like, well, Jesus appeared to me and then gave me the 12 steps for the Christians for today, or whether that's like a still small voice or a knowing or something like that too. But what was one of the first times that you heard God's voice 
Um, and what was it like for you to uh, have that kind of experience? That has been, uh, I think, uh, a growing inside of me of understanding when I hear God's voice. You know, um, back when when I was young, like in college, in high school and in college, um, it was more of a knowing, I, I knew God's presence. And it was more of a, a leading that way, you know, like, um, I don't want to call it a feeling, but it, it was really more like of a leading. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but as I began to really um, pursue like one-on-one time with God and, and pursue it like a relationship. Um, I remember, I don't know, I don't know how old I was, but I remember there was this moment where, um, I was challenged by my brother actually to spend some time just showing up and putting yourself in a position to just say, okay, I'm here and I want to hear from you, you know, to God. And I remember going out, um, I was married at this time and I went out in my backyard and I sat on this bridge and I just said, okay, you know, I'm here, Lord, and I want to hear your voice and, um, I want to go to the next level or however you want to say it. Right. And as I did that, he began to speak to me. Um, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't no booming voice, you know, it was just a, it was a voice on the inside of me and he began to speak to me about things that mattered to me Mm -hmm. and, um, things I hadn't said to other people. So I knew that it was God, you know, and I knew that he was, this sounds weird, but you know, I said, here I am. And it was like, I mean, he was already there, but it was like, I showed up and he showed up and, and, um, that became a regular thing that I did for a while. And now, um, it's just a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I can be doing anything and God will start talking to me about something. And more times than not, it's not something that I'm already thinking about right it's something that just and I know that it's God you know and he'll he'll start talking to me about something or he'll bring something to my attention Mm -hmm. you know and um it the question is hard for me to answer on this level because there was a time when I didn't know God's voice and now it feels like I've always known God's voice Mm um and It's just an ongoing conversation. Like it's like a, yeah, it is like a good morning, God, you know, that kind of thing. Like, um, and there are times when I'll just be whatever, getting ready in the morning, doing my hair, whatever. And he'll just start speaking to me about something, reminding me of something. And, and, um, it's like having a conversation with anybody else. No, I think that's a, that's really awesome. And I guess I wanted to branch off that real quick um, and then just kind of pick your brain about something as well, too, because um, as far as you're concerned, it seems like you have a pretty easy time telling when when God is speaking to you. And I know like in all of our years of youth ministry, you've had you've had more than I have 
And I'm sure the question has come up quite frequently is, well, I don't know how to hear God's voice, or I don't know if I am hearing God's voice, or God doesn't talk to me, or there's a lot of different um, ways that people handle that and experiences that people have had in that too. I guess for, I guess my question, uh, the first part of it would be, why is it, do you think that people have such a hard time, however you want to call it, like hearing God's voice or um, in decision-making, I guess, too, because I know a lot of people that struggle in that area. And what do you think is one of the biggest hangups that people experience in their communication with God? Well, the first part of your question, I think that a lot, I think that a lot of times people have a hard time or people have a hard time hearing God because they don't know what they're listening for, mm, right? Good. They're expecting something that it isn't. Yeah. Right, like um, more. T I'm not saying that this doesn't happen because I've heard testimonies of it. it does, but I have never heard the audible voice of God that I'm aware of. Um, so the voice comes from inside, and I think that a lot of times people second guess the fact that, oh, that's just me or whatever, and they just write it off. You know, I mean. I used to do that. I would just disregard and and then I would then I would look back on it and go, "Oh, that was God, right? That was the Holy Ghost warning me about this or that or you know, bringing something to my attention and um so I I think a lot of times they don't know what they're listening for. They're expecting something that it just isn't. And so and then they don't recognize it, you know? Um, I know this, you know, that we know some things about when God speaks to us. God's never gonna contradict his word, right? So yeah. when I'm listening for the voice of God, I'm I'm listening for things that are gonna be from the word, you know, that are going to be, God's not an accuser. So things that he's, you know, he's gonna speak to me are gonna encourage me, you know, build me up. They're, yeah, they might challenge me, with something, but they're not going to be accusatory in any way, you know, mm -hmm. because that's not who God is. And I think a lot of times we don't recognize God's voice because we don't really know who God is. Um, I know that was for me, like as I got to know God and who he was and who he was in me, I began to hear his voice more clearly, right? Because I got to know who he was. So um, I don't remember the second part of your question. <laughs> no, you're okay. I, I kind of went kind of went a couple different places there too. Um, in your decision making, that's one thing I've been getting asked more recently about too is, um, or the comment that I heard somebody made recently that kind of stirred up this in me too is, I know a lot of people they they're not afraid to try to obey God or hear God on some small things, but especially when it comes to big decisions because. Um, we as a family just moved like 900, a thousand miles and you uprooted where you had been living basically your entire life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, from birth all the way up until now. Um, so from, there's a lot of people that were looking at that decision going like, that's a really late move to be making like in your life or career. Like you've been doing ministry for a long time. Like you're planted here. You've got resources here too. And a lot of people are confused about that, I think, um, on your end and also on my end, too, because we loved Michigan and we had a really great time there, too. But for you, what was it like? Um, 
I guess like your process and decision making as well too. Like, is it different for you if it's a small decision versus a large decision too? Because I know sometimes it's easier to be like, oh well, you know, I decided am I wearing a pink tie or a yellow tie today or something. <laughs> but there's there's a difference between that and buying a house in a different state that's on the opposite side of the nation that you're living in or making a huge jump like you have as well. So what's that process like for you? Well, the the process of moving um, wasn't, it was a, you know, a little time in coming, right? Like the Lord put in our heart um, several years ago that um, we would be moving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Warren was working a job, it was a career, and we were, um, looking towards retirement and, um, and we knew that retirement for us meant, um, full-time ministry of some kind. Um, we, we are put your hands to the plow kind of people and you don't retire from the, the work of the kingdom. Right. So, so, um, but God put in our heart a while ago, like, uh, we were at a service a church service and he dropped it inside of my heart like you know you're going to live here and I, I'm not opposed like to whatever God has next yeah. and so when he dropped it in I thought okay God now I'll pray about this right and and I'll look for confirmation for that you know um, and so that was the beginning of that um, We, I am a person that is looking for the next in God. What's next? You know, what's next? And um, I'm, when I take something before the Lord to make a decision about, I ask, you know, like, does he care if I live here or there? Right? And I say, yes, he does care. Right? Now, <laughs> that doesn't mean I've always made the right decision, right? And but and and in the fact that I might not have done that, mm -hmm. there's God's still at work in that, right? Um, but as I took this particular decision before Him, I asked for confirmation and I um, I asked for direction. You know, I I still don't know what this move that we made looks like long-term. I still don't know what um, he has for us to do here. You know, the word tells me that he's prepared ahead of time good works for me to walk into. And I speak that every day um, over my life. You know, there are good works for me to walk into every day, whether they're in the house that I live in, whether they're in the neighborhood that I live in, whether they're in the church that I'm going to, whether they're in the community that I'm in, there are good works for me to walk into. And I want to be looking out for those things and, and doing you know, the things that he has for me to do. He's already prepared them. I just have to walk into them, mm -hmm. you know? And I guess I look at the decision process the same way, mm -hmm. right? He's already prepared the way for us to do what he's called us to do. It's a matter of me answering that call um, and him giving me the opportunity and me choosing to say yes. Right. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's good. I think that's good. Um, yeah, it's about saying yes, and I think that definitely gets easier the longer that you do it in the end. 
the more you're willing to say yes, I think because you trust him mm -hmm. is, right. and I think that's where a lot of the, the decision making is in the lack of, I'd say that's one of the biggest reasons that I see people not do what God tells them to do is because of a, a lack of trust, I think in some areas, not that they don't love God, but that when God asks them to do something risky, they're either unsure in of, am I hearing God? Can I hear God? Or can I do what he's asking me to do? And I think for me, that's been one of the main reasons that I've seen people back off of the plan of God. Like they're reaching the edge of the pool, but they're afraid to jump in. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid to say, I'm really committing everything. And I believe that if I do jump, God will catch me in that too. Yeah. Which actually, that segues us into our next question. Because I love, I love asking people this sort of thing as well too. What's an example... Um, Obviously, we talked about the move to Oklahoma, and some people would consider that extremely risky. Or, <laughs> wow, that's you know, that's like the ultimate trust that you that you could have in God too. But um, what's a what's an example, maybe one or two, of um, a time that you knew God was telling you to do something, um, but you were afraid to do it, nervous to do it, or you weren't sure maybe if you were hearing accurately, but you decided to do it, and what the payoff was. Well, obviously the move here was big, um, and one of the things that I have that I have done, or that God asked me to do, um, when my kids were small, um, I, you know, went to public school and um, got a fine education. When my kids were young, someone suggested to me that um, I should homeschool. And I, <laughs> that wasn't anything on my radar at all. Like, I'd never even heard of homeschooling. And this person suggested it to me. And I also wasn't crazy about sending my kids to school outside. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. Um, but I didn't know anything about homeschooling. And so I began to pray about that. And... And the Lord was pretty clear with me right away. Yep, like I want you to homeschool your children. And now I want you to know that every year I ask the Lord again. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. a constant, are you sure we're doing the right thing here? <laughs> but I I knew what we were supposed to. Yep. I knew that we had mm -hmm. it, what it was that our kids needed. Mm -hmm. And they needed to be raised a certain way for him, right? And... Um, and so I said yes to that, you know, and we did homeschool and it, it you know, it wasn't always easy. Um, but the payoff for me is that I raised my children to be first and foremost in the center of God's will, doing what he would have them do. And whether they make a lot of money or not, I don't care. I care whether they answer the call of God on their life mm -hmm. and the way that that impacts the kingdom of God and the way that it impacts them. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only place they're going to find fulfillment and happiness and, and, and they're going to feel fulfilled and have reward and it's a payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 
And I think that's such an important thing is the the eternal perspective of that and the heavenly perspective too. Because I don't know if there were just like backlash or people like I'm sure there's always naysayers and something that indecision that you make, <laughs> especially when it comes to kids too, is like, well, you should really raise your kids different. It's like, yeah, when when you have kids, you can you can do it your way, but this is the way that I feel I need to do it my way. But um, what was that like for you? I guess um, in in that because I know you said that you had wanted to be a teacher at some point too, but did you receive any kind of backlash or anything like that from people or, or stuff? Well, you know, there are always people who think they know what's best for you and your kids. Mm -hmm. Like, and no one, no one was really like mean about it or anything. Um, I think people questioned, you know, like, um, I didn't have a college degree at that point, you know, Warren didn't have a, I mean, he, we didn't really have, you know, any kind of teaching credentials. Um, but I, I knew what God had called us to do. And I knew that whether people agreed or not um, didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, we kind of handled that with the proof is in the pudding kind of deal, right? <laughs> like we kind of just left it alone. Mm -hmm and and let it be mm -hmm. because everyone's got to raise their own kids mm -hmm. everyone's got to follow the plan of god for their life and for their kids and i wasn't about telling anybody else that they needed to, to homeschool or to public school or to private school like that's none of my business you know i just have to do what god has told me to do mm -hmm. so that's good that's good um kind of along those lines too um what is something that um i guess if I want to phrase it like this way too, like what has been um, throughout your relationship with God, like some themes or some, some common like directions that he's been taking you as well too, or I guess like what is, what has God been teaching you? And then what is your passion and helping others learn about as well? I would say that um, for me from college on really before then, I probably wasn't aware of it, but from college on, um, God has really um, taught me so much about identity and about my identity in Him and um, knowing who I am in Christ and that it affects, it affects so much about the way we live our lives and the way we make choices and the way we make decisions. and. Um, if I'm finding my identity in something other than God, um, you know, I'm, I'm at risk, you know, I'm at risk at being hurt or being disappointed or all kinds of things. I'm just at risk. You know, I'm at risk at thinking that I'm, I know it all. I'm at risk at making myself God, you know, I'm at risk at all those things. If I'm finding my identity in something other than, you know, Christ. And so identity, I would say is something that's he has taught me and something that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is one of the ways that the enemy, um, tries to just really take us out. It's a weapon that is formed, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, I, that's, that's interesting. Cause I, <laughs> I was listening to a, a different podcast just recently about a guy that was talking about, um, it's a new uh, sociology thing that he's been learning about. And what the idea behind it is, is that you remove the words I am from your vocabulary completely. 
and you never say I am. Um, you find other ways around it because what the thought behind it was it's too it's too concrete. There's no like there's no gray area with that. There's I am this or I am that, and the idea was you know you got to be more loose with it. You got to be more free flowy because you're constantly discovering who you are and you know who you are right now might not be the same as who you are later. And I think that's kind of like a subtle thing that. Um, like a subtle trap that the enemy the enemy can lay with us or that even that man's own reasoning um, can lay with us as well too because like what you were saying um, we have to know who we are in Christ and that has to rise above and above it first and foremost is I am a child of God I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus I am healed by Jesus stripes so with that I think that's super important because really it's a foundational issue um, your your identity and your relationship with Christ. Um, this might be a little bit of a curveball, and I didn't have this one written down for you initially before the podcast was started. So if you need a second to think about it, go ahead too. What's been a cool um, transformation story? And obviously, like we don't need like super close details about like what this like person's name or anything like that too. But um, you can be general if you need to as well. But what's been along those lines? a time that you've seen someone's life really change based off of like what God has been speaking to you or like a way that you've seen God minister to someone and you've seen an actual change in them and a transformation happen. Um, like I said, I know it's off the cuff, so you can take a second if you need to. I would say that, um, Early on when I started um, ministering with Teens for Christ, um, I was a mentor um, to the girls, you know, the, their ninth through 12th grade. And um, there were some sophomores my first year that I, I got particularly close to because they were really close with Michaelin. And um, we got really close and I had opportunity to be with them often in the car and then to at you know like the places where when I was teaching and because I taught at Teens for Christ um, for what we called girls time and I spoke about identity and about worth and about you know value and all of that and um, I really saw like the light come on you know in 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 several of them actually but um, a couple of them in, in particular um, I saw the path of their life change, right? They were, they, they didn't know that there was something other to live for than themselves. They were Christians and they, you know, um, they were born again. And so they were Christians, but the idea of living their life for something other than themselves wasn't something that they had considered. And, um, through conversation and through time spent together and just talking about, you know, the Lord and about, all that um, I saw the course of their lives change mm -hmm. the direction of their life changed and um, several of them now are in ministry like they are um, some of them are have been and will be on the mission field um, it's an incredible thing to see when God um, changes the direction of someone's life and and 
not that you I'm not saying that you you know have to end up on the mission field to be <laughs> in the center of God's will but if you really want to be a spiritual person <laughs> that's not what I'm saying but that's a hot take <laughs> but that's what I saw in them you know I saw this real um, direction change in their life and it was more about their heart and their heart toward God and mm-hmm. um, their understanding of who he was in them and what he wanted to do through them that's awesome what has been, I guess, kind of just finishing up here, um, what has been the most rewarding thing that you can you can look back over the course of your life and say, I am happy and satisfied with this? And I know that's a pretty general, a general way of framing it as well, too. But like if you could um, like give advice, I guess, to people that are younger, like myself or um, with me being 26, like there's still directional things that I am still making. I have young kids that I'm influencing. I've got three and almost a fourth one born now too. Um, and you have adult children that have that are having children. You've, you've been in ministry doing stuff for, it's been like 30 something years at this point too. And you've worked in basically every area, as far as I can tell, whether it's pastoring, worship, ministry, whatever. What is, um, what's been the most rewarding part of that? And then number two, to tag on with that what's the advice that you would give to younger people I would say that the most rewarding thing for me is what we just talked about is that um, God working in me it produces a work through me which impacts the lives of the people around me mm-hmm. and my yielding to God's work in me makes room for God to work through me. That's good. Right? That's good. And um and and the rewarding part of that is that um God's work is eternal, right? And and it isn't me doing it, it's God doing it. And so when that t- impacts the lives of others and the people around me, that's God doing that. And that that's what I want. That's what I want, you know, and um, I would say that advice would be a life lived for God or unto God, however you want to say that, um, will bring fulfillment. It will bring impact and change just in yourself, but also in the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, a life lived unto yourself will be empty. It won't be fulfilling, you know, and I didn't do this when I was young because I didn't know to do it, you know. I know to do it now, and and I'm glad that God showed it to me when he did and that I changed course at that time. But my advice to young people would be ask God about everything. Ask him for direction about everything. The way I raised my kids isn't the way someone else should raise their kids. They need to raise their kids based on what God tells them to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, and that goes for every area of life, right? Like if you're going to get a job, you need to find out if God wants you even to get that job. Just because it looks like it's good on, you know, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, right? And so in order to do that, I need to know what God has, you know, something that looks foolish to, to a man may be exactly what God has for you to do. And it may, may not, may, might not make any sense in the natural, right. but if God's telling you to do it, it makes 
all sense, right? And so my advice is to ask him about everything and seek his direction and listen, you know? And, you know, he's not going to just be silent if it's not who God is, right? If if you want to talk to him, he wants to talk to you, right? Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I guess thank you for your time this evening um, throughout the entire course of the recording as well, too. Do you have any closing remarks that you would like to make or anything you'd like to leave our listeners with at all? <laughs> Uh, I will say this, um, one of the things that God's been really talking to me about, um, just recently is about, um, reconciliation and about how, um, how someone else's sin is not nearly as important as my own when it comes to me dealing with me, right? Like, and um, reconciliation is about, you know, being reconciled to God. And if I'm, you know, in a fence with somebody else or whatever, I'm, I need to get myself right in my heart before the Lord, right? And when I'm reconciled to him and I'm yielded to him, those other things are going to work themselves out, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm not going to. My reconciliation to God will bring reconciliation to the rest of my relationships. Mm -hmm. So that's what God's been talking to me about. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys have all enjoyed that this evening. Um, this is the first of, like I said, many episodes, I'm sure, of God stories. Um, thanks again, Tony, Mom. <laughs> all many no problem many many different roles that she fills in my life and like i said before i am blessed to have her as a mentor as a mom and as a wonderful figure in my life as well too so that's all for us this evening you guys have a wonderful night and be blessed we'll see you next time